Welcome to BitFaced. Today we are back in the in the BitCave. Finally have a guest that uh, that we wanted for a while. And not only did I get an awesome guest tonight, I've got an awesome co-host tonight. Yeah. Tyler is here, but he's not going to be on the mic tonight. But he's played a lot of parts on, on the podcast, but tonight he's going to play the part of my co-host, our good friend Carl Brevik. Thank you for having me back. So glad to be here. Mm. So much fun. Yeah, this, this is only like the third time I've been like Carl. Yeah, and it's the first time oh. I get to be co-host. <laughs> I'm excited, and since you know our our guest tonight, yeah. I'm expecting a lot of really good questions from you. No pressure. Absolutely, 85 percent will be about the new book. But yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we have a very intimate relationship. We did a pub quiz, so yeah. I feel like anything beyond that is pretty small. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you guys have a relationship because that's going to make my job really easy tonight. <laughs> Our guest, Norman Hiddle, or on YouTube, you are Cyber Kraken. Yeah, um, yeah one half of Cyber Half cyber of. Crack. Are you one the Cyber, cyber or cracking? the Kraken? Or what do you see yourself I'm the as? Cyber because uh, I'm... You're the, the Cyber I'm in the, the video. I'm the sci-fi guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that, but, is that, but is that also in your spirits or do you feel that you're... Is it typecasting or is it really it's, belong? It's, uh, you know... If I if I if it was real, I would probably have to be in the middle because I'm uh-huh. very fantasy based too. So you're a fifty fifty kind of guy. Yeah, I get that. It's I get tough. That. That's why I had to ask. It's tough to do full sci fi sometimes, but gotta do it. <laughs> That's right. Gotta roll with the punches. And your new video, Forest Planet Prime eighty eight, which I was singing basically after I got off work tonight until nice. the time you got here. So <laughs> any song that gets stuck in your head is a good one thanks my first question and then i want to just go off the rails like we do here at bitface but is that a reference to anything is that a star trek reference that i didn't get because that's how much you know about sci-fi or did you just come up with it out of nowhere no yeah it's uh it's just parody honestly um i don't i was just like hey uh this song's gonna be about dragons fighting spaceships and then it spiraled out from there that's what started parodying yeah. of the spirit versus an actual yeah line or moment exactly yeah. exactly um i don't put a whole lot of thought into what i do i just have a, a small idea if it spirals to a full idea good if it doesn't then nobody ever sees it so it just looks like i got it together so very much <laughs> i kick the baby ideas out of the nest <laughs> yeah what flies flies what <laughs> exactly. doesn't splats i get it exactly that makes yep. sense i won't say it looked like that at all <laughs> right like so how long did this take you to shoot was my question because as someone who tries to produce even the goofiest of videos mm-hmm. it's not it's, it's not easy yeah the shooting um i mean each step it's all diy so first step was you know writing recording that took a while and then once we had the song down pat, um, sh- yeah, shooting was atrocious because we do everything green screen. So <laughs> um, you'd think that because green screen gives you so much flexibility for scenery that you can just do like a day and be done. But what happened is, you know, I, I start putting things together and I'm like, well, crap, like Ian's the other guy. I'm like, I need some of him looking like more speculative, like over this kingdom and skyrim and um <laughs> and in this part i need him to like be emphasizing a little bit more of the lyrics and then this part i look stupid and you know so it's just 
we ended up shooting like three days worth using like five percent of the footage oh man (laughs) but once we had the footage the editing was a little more downhill so that that i don't know i think it was all all in all like a three-month ordeal i mean not straight but no but that's the thing like the final product shows that amount of time dedication and that there wasn't a moment you went we'll just worry with what we got and Mm, settle yeah there were none of those moments seen in this video and so i I I try not to and and i always look at tutorials like I mean, if you watch any of the previous episodes, like, my character's really stupid about tutorials. Um, and that's actually real life. Like, I run into problems, and I'm like, all right, we're going to YouTube how to After Effects this to look better, or I'm going to YouTube this to, like, how do I put in a VHS effect here? And <laughs> then I have to learn it, and then I have to do it, and then, yeah, so. But, yeah, I feel like the final product made it worth it. What kind of cameras did you shoot all of that with? <laughs> Those are all iPhone 7 footage. Nice. Really? Yeah. See, that's a commercial for the iPhone 7 in and of itself now. I hope so. At the I end mean, of the busy video, just stop. This wasn't really a music video. This was an iPhone 7 ad. I ho- if they back us, that'd be all right. <laughs> so you shot all of that on a phone camera. Yep. Yep. In the future, we're going we ha- we to expand a little bit. Um, but we want to keep a little bit of the charm, a little bit of the idiocy. And I feel like part of that's using crappy cameras or very obviously bad green screening which didn't go through for the music video because i think that was a little more important but the uh, actual episodes trying to make it still look kind of tacky but that brings up a question i wanted to ask about capturing the spirit of the characters Mm -hmm. i was watching some of those earlier episodes it's not you I mean, it's you, but there's, but it's, it's a version of it's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like talk about capturing the spirit. Cause you said the visuals are tacky, right? But there's definitely a spirit <clears throat> to these characters. Mm. What was capturing that? Like it wasn't too hard. The whole point of cyber Kraken is, is my parody idea of being in a band. Cause I've been in bands for 10 plus years now. I've been writing music very seriously so this is like a huge departure so actually landing on kind of somebody to be the point of view for an audience into that world wasn't too hard i i I knew it had to be somebody that was kind of like delusional you know i took (laughs) i took a little bit from the office i took a little bit from community took a little bit from parks and rec and i just kind of pinpoint little character traits out of certain people and i'm like that would be funny if that if my guy was that stupid but that smart and and just had that balance like kind of the flaw but the redemptive factor um and then the same with Ian I kind of tried to push him to to be like super apathetic about everything but like ironically just engaged in it like <laughs> obviously you're working with an idiot but you're so devoted to it you're just going to kind of benefit of the doubt through the whole thing and it, it ends up being okay because it's really painful to watch and it's awkward. So <laughs> that's kind of what I wanted. The three shows that you mentioned are three of my favorite shows. Yeah, I already want to watch this right now because nice. I don't watch a lot of television. But as soon as you rattled off Community, Parks and Rec, and The Office, I'm like, okay, the sense of humor is on line with what I what I like about that. I have to ask though, out of those three shows, and I don't mean to put you on the spot. No, you're good. Specifically, it's The Office. The Office. Ooh, yeah. all right. So the Office. I've, I've Populist watched. choice. Yeah, I've watched probably four times through already now. What characters though from the three shows though do you do you pull the most from? That's my so for question. my oh, okay for my guy uh, Nate from The Office. Um, 
for those of you who don't know Nate, he's in the later seasons. He's, uh, I don't even know his actor name, but his name's Nate in The Office, and he's the guy that talks about how minty chewing gum is (laughs) (laughs) and dumb crap like that, and he's just awesome. Um, From Parks and Rec, uh, Chris Pratt's character, uh, Andy, um, plus he has that, like, musician thing, and he's always, like, super positive about his band, like, oh, Mouse Rat's doing this and this, and I'm like, exactly, that's exactly what bands do, and it's so dumb, but it's so awesome that you're pointing it out. Um, in Community, maybe a little bit of Abed, maybe Troy more, though, because Troy's kind of, like, the innocent, like, altruistic one up until, mm. well, the last season where he wasn't there. <sighs> I was I was sad too because Troy is hands down my favorite character on Community. Yeah, I really liked him, and uh, it was good to see him in movies. Like, oh, he has a part in Spider Man Homecoming, and yeah. oh, he's in that little movie trailer part there, and that's awesome. He's blowing up, but yeah, he's not. In community. It was hard. Well, they never counterbalanced his absence, like no, as a show. There was didn't. never like even a poor filler for troy so that was a bummer maybe that's okay though because you know in the office they tried to do that and it, and it once steve Krell was gone you were just it was blatant the whole time you're mm-hmm. just like nothing's gonna fix this so i think yeah the the season without him the well the, the first season without him is terrible the oh, final yeah. season though without him is passable i i agree although you know, in the office, Robert California is like one of my favorites. <laughs> no, I, I get in so many fights with people that just think he's an idiot and it, it's the worst thing ever. But I don't know why, but that, that kind of like writing where you're writing a character to be so confident yet so idiotic in a very, you know, normal level, he's, he's, he's not there, but on another level, like he's like the God of his world. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Plus, you got James Spader. Yeah, I'll never complain like, about I, I about know. Spader, I, I, but that that's the season I think is is the worst. Right, and is the California season. Mm-hmm. Not that I think Robert California is bad, and I love Aaron too, and that's a big Aaron season. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could. It's Carell's absence. You put it best. It's it's the fact that oh, Michael Scott's not here anymore. Then why do I care? Yeah, mm-hmm. Jim and Pam are already together. Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, that yeah that <laughs> that wears thin after a while. Who <laughs> <clears throat> wants happy relationships? We need unrequited on and off. Exactly. That's what makes TV. It needs to make the tension. Who wants to watch people in love? <laughs> we can't relate to this. Exactly. But uh, you touched on a couple of keywords in your series, again, that was relatable from those shows. Kind of awkward. Kind of like you don't watch The Office and go, these are great actors. Mm-hmm. You go, these are people. Yeah. These are people not really great in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. How was the balance of trying to kind of hit that awkward tone without looking like it was accidentally bad because it's not ever like watching your show yeah it's so it's controlled <laughs> silly it's controlled tacky it's controlled awkward all these words you're hitting read but how did you know how did that not slip away into accidental looking um i don't know that it did s- not slip away i think there might be things in there that i could watch and i'd be like yeah that we probably could have done that better um but I think that's part of the charm is is sometimes, you know, I spend a lot of times writing the script out and then sometimes we just like hash at it in front of the camera until it just feels better. But so 
just accepting that there's only so much that two non-actor guys can do. Like I, I was in drama in sixth grade and seventh grade and I did great then. And since I've never done anything like this. So just kind of accepting that I'm not going to be great at this. Um, my main goal is just to portray this character as an idiot and that's it. And somehow it, it's working. It translates, I guess. It yeah. does. Yeah, as the actor in the room, that's the thing. Like it's it really it reads the right way. It reads Good. like all of that intention is there. Because again, acting is more than just how many shows have you been in. It's thinking about character traits. It's all right. these things. So you're talking to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm hearing actor talk here. This is actor speak. <laughs> I yeah. appreciate that. And yeah. I think when you watch something like Community or The Office or mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. I think you guys both as actors or someone trying to imitate those character traits, the best thing to take from is something that's already successful or that aligns with how you want the character to be portrayed. Right. Yeah. And even like having a a small bit of like novice amateur, like trying to write stories and stuff like that and being an avid reader, like it's just very obvious that, that a full rounded out character has very awkward, stupid, you know, negative traits, uh, flaws, but then they have like something redeemable about them. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of trying to keep that balance. And then as you know, the story unfolds, like, you know, reveal certain things, but try to like repeat like something in the office that I always love is those little things that they talk about that aren't big factors at all, but they're like, they show up in different episodes, like just like little traits, um, like Ryan's vanity or, Mm. you know, like, um, Kelly's obsession with celebrities. Um, those things just like exist the whole time. And, and, and so if I try to insert something like, Oh, uh, Norman has this, uh, you know, aversion to people who drink caffeine because his mom <laughs> told him they're evil or they're on drugs. Like, I want that to like be portrayed all the time, even if it's subtly. So yeah, no, because that makes them real people. It's yeah, not, exactly. it's not a trait developed for a punchline. Mm-hmm. It's a trait that fleshes out a character, and that's again, which makes again just the few episodes I've seen so far of of your show really that and kind of engaging where there's that through line. You can see that these people going. Who are these characters? Not what would be funny just in this exclusive single moment. Right. And that's awesome. Exactly. Yep. So tell me about your background with science fiction. Science fiction. Oh, well. I was more attracted and I am in life to the sci-fi part of the video than I was the Game of Thrones uh, Skyrim part of the video. That's just how I roll. As soon as I saw you in a truck uniform and the music changed, (laughs) I was like, okay, now he's got my vote. Okay, (laughs) good, good. All right. All right, so like we talked about earlier, I'm like 50-50. Like I am a Song of Ice and Fire nerd to the nth degree. I've never watched Game of Thrones. So that's how bad I am. I am so... So wait, just to clarify for our listeners, you've read all the books? I've read all the books and will continue to read all the books. I don't watch the show because I am that bad at being a purist. And I won't watch the show until the series is wrapped up. And I've read through it uh, three times now. And then some of the standalone like Night of the Seven Kingdoms, I've read that like 50 times because... It's just a, a wholesome buddy story. <laughs> so that's that. 
But then on the sci-fi end, I mean, George R. R. Martin writes a ton of short story sci-fi or has in the past. I've read all that lots. Um, I would say science fiction started catching on for me, honestly, and it's going to seem kind of like an odd um, relate uh, with Final Fantasy VII. Mm. When I played that in ninth grade, I got the steampunk cyberpunk bug basically and i was like wow science fiction's actually cool um back then i played football and it was a tool and a jock and i <laughs> that's where i started in my high school run yeah and i was just like wow is is it okay for for me a cool football player to like this stuff and i, I was like all right well i guess i like it so i'll keep it secret and then uh, eventually it just bubbled its way out um a lot of football players are hiding their sexuality. You're hiding Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's everyone has a cross to bear. They right. do. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it just spiraled out from there. Um, I'm not. There's. I'm very picky about sci-fi. Um, I, I read it a lot. Um, I'll watch quite a bit of. Uh, sci-fi movies uh or watch series based on sci-fi right now i'm watching the expanse Ooh. um and then like i just watched valerian for the first time which i thought would totally suck but it was fairly redeemable um it wasn't great it wasn't the fifth element but it was redeemable so did you have people tell you it was gonna suck or was that just i just saw it i saw it i saw the trailer and i was like this is gonna suck see i went in the opposite i was super high expectations mm-hmm. and so when i came out i went that's, uh, yeah. so yeah that's i need to start approaching more movies with this is gonna suck and then you should yeah that's like, great like that's what i did I, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna cross this boundary right now Do it. that's what we're here for star wars the last jedi seems to be a very big uh, issue right now but i don't like star wars all that much i like the outside mythology of mm. star wars mm. but star wars movies to me they've never been like game changers in my life so when I went into Last Jedi, I was like, "I'm going to see a Star Wars movie." <laughs> it's over. Carl, You're done. Get out. Carl's Get out. This was great. Great episode. Really like it. Some guy was here. Good blast. No, no. I'm kidding. Well, yeah, obviously, no, you're brave. We appreciate that. In my video, I pull out a lightsaber yeah. and a Star Trek uniform. I mean, yeah. come on. Like, well, no, you're talking isn't about that a cardinal sin. Well, I, I won. That was my favorite part of the video. And now yeah. that you mentioned it, I, I was stoked. No, and you're talking to a guy who won a Star Wars trivia contest dressed as Captain Kirk. Hey, man. So I like to ruffle feathers. Don't get me wrong. And one of your backgrounds, while it might not be exactly that, one of your backgrounds is definitely Millennium Falcon influenced. Yep. There's two Millennium Falcon backgrounds in my video. <laughs> See, I'm I'm paying attention. Yeah, we're watching. Yeah, we're watching this. But no, yep. that makes sense, and I like that. I like people who see science fiction as more than just the mainstream movies that came out. Mm-hmm. When you can talk about science fiction, not just go Star Wars, Star Trek. Yeah. And so I so I really respect that. I really do. Nice. I appreciate it. Yeah. But but never never Star Wars for you because I'm a I think Star Trek is underrated and I think Star Wars sometimes can be overrated. I agree. I mean I, I actually I love them both though. Mm-hmm. If um, I had to pick though, I would pick Star Wars. But you would pick Trek, right? I would, um, especially the more contemporary stuff. I, I like how well it's not J.J. Abrams anymore, but I like how he rebooted with you know the Star Trek um, and 
those are pretty decent. Um, but like, yeah, to my point with the the Last Jedi, I mean, I went in there and I was just like, I'm gonna see a effing Star Wars movie. I don't care. Like, and I was like. <laughs> that was a good movie like it's not it's now just elevated outside of the star wars category like it's good for a star wars movie and now it's into the that was a good movie movie yeah i completely agree with you and a lot of the hate that i see online and a lot of the people breaking shit down number one it's all wrong yeah and yeah what movie did you watch as a star wars fan the most common thing i think i read is that they bastardized luke hmm Really? Yeah. Because his two mentors went to go hide on a planet. His two mentors Mm kind of chickened out when shit got bad. The difference was Luke figured out how to transport himself across a galaxy to take down the final baddie. There's arguments that maybe he should have showed up in person, but then you don't get the swiping Mm -hmm. of the robe scene. I love Last Jedi. And the only reason I'm getting so excited is we never talked about it on BitFace. We did Oh, man. We no, didn't. It, it I'm, kinda, so, I'm so glad to break that barrier. So you brought you that into yeah, us. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thank, you thank you very much because I haven't gotten to. I got to talk about it on my <laughs> other cast. <laughs> no, but I agree with you. Like, everybody, I've read so much stuff and I'm just like, I don't know much of any of the Star Wars canon, but all I can tell you is yes, when Luke Skywalker projects himself across the galaxy knowing astral projection as a D fan <laughs> i know how hard that is as a role-playing character but like to, to see that in the actual movie and to see like the just the reaction to it i mean it was really well done like kylo ren freaking out about it and the other dude i don't even know his name the general hux the the hipster <laughs> the guy that i'd probably play uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I can see it yeah i i really man see and that's the thing like i i've i still have mixed feelings about it because i am i am a hardcore star wars fan like we talked about fandom rankings it's my second ranked fandom of any genre it's what i grew up my brothers i was building ships out of cardboard with my action mm. figures in them like this was my world growing up gotcha um and so that's not to say that i have a better opinion on it it's just when i came into it it was so weird to watch a movie that had Star Wars on it that didn't have like get out of your seat and cheer moments consistently. Mm, yeah. It was it was an emotional drag. Having said that, I also think Breaking Bad is the greatest TV show of all time mm. and that takes you through the mud of emotions and really stresses you out. Mm. So it was weird to balance it out in my head and it's little things where I was like I cuz first time I got out of it I was part of the camp of like that's not Luke. That's not Luke I'm familiar with from Return of the Jedi because I wanted someone that's hopeful and I agreed with some of Mark Hamill's early statements on it from his first read through and his first reactions but both Mark Hamill and I have just kind of gone through this you know you think about it more and you think about it more and like you're saying this is still a hero he still gives all this hope Uh, the one thing I never forgave though is billions of people die in Force Awakens that is explained somewhat by him connecting disconnecting himself from the Force and I appreciate that but we never had that once he realized what had happened in his absence, that he felt guilty or that impacted him. That's the one thing that I didn't like still after all my processing is that he did. Cause like there's supposed to be a deleted scene where he mourns Han. Can't wait to see that. I think that's mm. going to add something. Mm. Yeah. But seven planets are destroyed while he's in his recluse state. And we don't have a, Oh, bad things are happening when I'm not trying. And we get this vibe of like, what am I going to do? Go after things with a laser sword. And I, there's a very passing the baton to the youth. But I like messages that like, because like in the world right now, I think we need the older generation and the younger generation working together if they're in the same line. 
because everyone can make change. And it kind of became a, only young people are going to do this, mm. and it's going to suck for them. Yep. But Luke's still going to be there. The The best line yeah. in the movie, yeah, and the best line, I might say, in all of the movies, is when he leans over to Kylo and says, see you soon, kid. I would say, yeah, mm. that's my favorite line of all movies. Chilling. Yeah. Mm. And Luke, knowing that, like, okay, I'm I'm done with your worldly crap. I don't need to take down eight AT-ATs to show you who I am. I'm going to show you that if Yoda can take down a Jedi temple with lightning that comes out of the sky, just wait to see what I, what can, I do. can do. Nice. Yeah. I no, like I'm in that. it. I love that. I'm in it. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it though. Uh, as you know, as someone who says they don't like the, the films that much and dude, after one, two and three, I don't blame you one bit. I would have checked out a <laughs> star Wars too. Uh, if it wasn't like, you know, I was like Carl building I wa- ships. So. I watched yeah. the original trilogy when I was younger. Um, so yeah, when one, two, and three came out, I was just like, eh, "All right, yeah. whatever." Like, but yeah, I, I really had no investment in it either way. I was too busy thinking about smoking pot and chasing girls and playing football. So. That's the thing. I was the right age range when the prequels came out, where I was stupid and young and just yeah. like, lightsaber fights. <laughs> yeah, I go was... back to watch now though. <laughs> I was bitter college star wars mm. fan in fact i'm on the news in athens georgia buying the first ticket for the phantom menace and i walked out of that movie and i was in such denial until i went the next day with my grandma to see it rest in peace and we walked out and she was like that wasn't as good as the other ones and i was like ah that's that's wisdom right there speaking to me that's that's wisdom that's fair i might have seen you in a documentary then i've watched quite a few of uh, the disappointed <laughs> fan documentaries <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've been in one, but that's a that's a good idea. Maybe I maybe I should should do that. Start, yeah, but yeah, happen. consider it. You're not as bad as uh, there is somebody that went 17 times before he realized it was a bad movie. I was like, yeah, 17 seems a little odd. Like you got to keep watching it to prove that it's not as bad as you thought. Like, right. so either you value Star Wars more than your own brain. Or... As actors, both of you would have that memorized at time 12 mm-hmm. oh yeah you'd be able to do scenes from the movie oh, yeah. so why would you go see it again <laughs> yeah exactly just start retelling it for people for money be like save your tickets drop me three dollars i'll tell you how it goes do the monologue of the entire movie <laughs> i want to know why final fantasy 7 is such a touchstone not only for you but i swear if we had 100 people on this podcast and we asked them what their favorite video mm. game was that would be 50 of them yeah no i and or random people why is that game cuz i it was great when it came out but now it is it's a whole nother level is. of greatness it really is um you know i got into it accidentally i was um i was at my buddy's house and his older brother had it and I was just like, what's this about? And, you know, at the time, I think the most kind of classic gaming I did, I actually I was playing, like, GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I was, like, the, the guy that plays Madden and NBA Jam and all those really stupid sports games because that's... that's there's, there's there's no dissing on NBA Jam in, in this house, <laughs> okay. okay, That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. You don't have to establish greater nerd cred by dishing on the uh, sports games. <laughs> Well, that's where I was at at the time. Yeah. So, like, I've, I never played an RPG before, and I was like, oh, what the hell is this about? And I watched a little bit of him playing it, and I was like, hmm, yeah, all right, yeah, I guess that, that's kind of kind of cool. And Oh, it's only, you know, 15 bucks over at Target? All right, I got a PlayStation, sure. Man, sucked me in, like, 10 minutes in, I was like, holy shit, I love this. <laughs> 
It's so awesome. Um, I think what really is a touchstone is, is it's just such a, a well-written compelling storyline before it's a game. Mm. Like, I feel like if it was a movie, it would have been a great movie. Well, given the right director, if it was a novel, it would have been a great novel. Like, I think the story is just such a, such a pivotal part of that whole thing. And then the, the game on top of it, the, the design, the graphics, everything just worked well together. And sure. There's like little things you can complain about. Like, Oh, it, took me 18 hours to get the golden chocobo and that sucked and i'm like yeah i actually had fun doing that so i i I enjoyed my 1000 hours into that (laughs) game before i beat it so and you don't have to do that part of the game exactly i never raised chocobos i never did the chocobo races i never had the desire to play (laughs) that much of it uh but that does that doesn't take away from the beautiful narrative that you described right a narrative that by my generation has become hated because it is the game that everyone mentions. It's the it's the Nike of of the Coca Cola, if you will, of video games. That's it's the one it. that everyone mentions. But for you, it it probably changed the way you perceived. I mean, you said you were playing football, total mm-hmm. jock. You even said douchebag is what you called yourself. I did. Right? I said I was a tool, a douche <laughs> tool, bag. tool. Oh, sorry, you said <laughs> no, douchebag. That's bag a too. synonym. That's all. That's yeah, I didn't want to put words in your mouth. Hey, I just said it. Too. <laughs> <laughs> now he has said it. We'll just go back and edit that. Clip it in. <laughs> now, were you into to Trek and the sci-fi and the Game of Thrones before Final Fantasy, or nope. was that kind of what turned you no, over? To no, it? yeah, that's exactly it. That I mean, it, it just spiraled out from there. It was like, wow. You know, uh, it, and that was at the same time I started playing drums and stuff, ninth grade. And that's where everything just started totally changing in my life from going like, I'm going to go to college, I'm going to be a big football player, or, you know, I guess if nothing else, I'll, you know, coach or something and be a gym teacher. And that was literally where I was going. And then all of a sudden, like, things just started clicking. And I was like, yeah, that, that there's more. There's more out there. I'm going to. Thank God for Final Fantasy VII because yeah. you had gym teacher dreams at tenth grade. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But you said ninth, right? Ninth grade is when you started. Yep, ninth oh, grade. Yep. You wanted to be a gym teacher, and then a video game came along, and now you're making awesome videos. You're being creative. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. D- did Final Fantasy save your life? It possibly did. I, I I could I could probably wear a Buster sword as a cross if I, <laughs> if I felt so compelled. But yes. Yes, I, I, I converted pretty soon thereafter, you know, uh, started playing music a lot more, um, ended up quitting football my junior year, and man, I haven't really looked back. It's just been progressing ever since. Well, sometimes. Sometimes I vegged out for too long on something, you know, like video games. But Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> There's, there's, I'm, you will never hear me question vegging out on video games. It has been nothing but stress relief for me Mm -hmm. it is an escape Mm -hmm. uh the characters are beautiful the stories are better than a lot of books i read or comic books i read or movies that i see especially movies Mm -hmm. yeah well and we get this we get this negative stereotype because it's just a game still despite the fact that more production goes into a lot of these games than any movie you'll ever see yeah and there's there is no difference between any hobby watching football is no different than sitting down and playing games which is no different than and so it's always weird how video games becomes the, oh, you're just playing games. That's what you do with your time. You're just <laughs> playing games. No, I just watched a great 18-hour movie. 
yeah. and I got to experience all of it and help affect the world. It was amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much. My choices helped it a little. Yeah, bit. exactly. You guys know as actors that you only have an hour and a half of script time in a movie, maybe two mm-hmm. hours. In a video game, you have 18 hours yep. to layer mm-hmm. yeah. those mm-hmm. characters and provide nuances and provide scenes that aren't necessarily about the plot but are about who you are connecting with. Yep, and exactly. I think that's the major difference in a game. Now, I don't want a game that's Metal Gear Solid 4 that's 20 hours of cinema and three hours of fighting. Right, right. But if you can mix the two very well, like Final Fantasy VII did, mm-hmm. and like many games that have imitated and aped and were influenced by that game have done since then, that is the beauty of playing video games. And like, not to bring it back, but it's so beautiful that Final Fantasy VII took you <laughs> on a completely different path in life. I mean, I guess I could say the same thing about playing Pac-Man or... I'm, you're gonna you're gonna make me pinpoint my moment when I was like, you know what? I don't really want to do what everyone else wants to do. I'm into this. I'm into this shit. This nice. is this is where my heart is. That's and that's awesome. Yeah. Where's it for you, Mister Brevik? That's what I was trying to think because I was I'm relating to you because I played football up through junior year. Okay. And yeah. for me, it was I think theater itself was my big turning mm. point because, like I said, I grew up an imaginative kid. Uh, in a military town, and so, like it was like all my friends were joining the Marines, joining the military. That was that was the life path that were around me. But my big thing was like originality. I was like, I, I, but I'm unique. I want to be unique. And everyone's like, No, you're part of the unit. You become, you know, strip down who you are and become this other person. And I was like, I don't like that. I want, I'm I'm an individualist, even as a young kid. And uh, but I still, you know, was playing football, playing soldiers, all that stuff for a while. But my brothers and I were relating on Star Wars and these fantasy worlds. But still, uh, it wasn't until senior year of high school, I think, where I was in a one-act play called Will Work for Food, and I played a rich English guy trying to get actual uh, street beggars to work for food, Hmm. and I couldn't get it to happen. 15-minute play, had the time of my life, got to have an accent, and I realized voices and dressing up is what I want to do. And I dropped out of football that year because it was going to interfere with any of the play schedules. Mm-hmm. Auditioned for all the plays that year. And nice. yeah, I was kind of going nuts on that. <laughs> um, but like, for, as far as nerddom goes, I would say was six years old, having my mom sit me down and say, we're going to watch Star Wars. These are my favorite movies. Watch Star Wars with me. And remember, I watched the first one. I was like, that was okay. But even at six years old, Empire Strikes Back, the first time watching that was one of my favorite cinematic moments in the history of the universe like nice. even at six years old i was sitting there going this is something special and like i remember it ended and i was like the good guys don't win what is happening and that i think too affected the stories i like nice. to, to bring that in so so my mom used a lot of credit and then both my parents in general for then from then like my dad was oh you like star wars you should watch 2001 a space odyssey with me mm. i love that that's my science fiction right and so but again that's what i'm saying even when i drop my origins of science fiction it's big name movies it's the big mainstream stuff and then it was getting into some of the short stories and i would just buy the short story book collections from there um but that's why i just love when the gateway is something more you know under you know george R. R. martin science fiction i love hearing that i'm like i didn't even know yeah he was, he, he was doing that so i'm gonna go look that up when we're done here oh man he's he's stellar he's just are the game of thrones fans pissed that uh he doesn't spend more time just finishing the series He's oh, been, they're always pissed. They're, they're always pissed. We're, we're, we're like, yeah, we're we're just like biting at 
everything uh he's releasing a book uh maybe this year it's a a short story side thing uh focused i think on the targaryens it's called uh if i remember it's called blood and fire so um that's that'll edify me and probably you know 90 percent of us for a while but yeah that that elusive book six (laughs) winds of winter bastard keeps putting it off <laughs> for whatever reasons i'm sure he has really good reasons but obviously from the outside it's hard is that the last book or not even um it's it- speculative so there's that and there's supposed to be possibly one after that like a full resolution kind of book um but he's alluded to their just tying it up with the book six um which could include the book seven so it could be like a bible size book six instead of yeah. a regular game of thrones size which is half bible size. it's still pretty big but. no that's what's making me nervous about <laughs> about this this next book is right. him feeling the stress of wrapping it before the show mm. is because i mean already yep. the show is guiding a lot of stuff and he's having you know talks and all the stuff so that's my thing is i don't want it to feel like return of the jedi felt where it's like you could tell that there might have been a seven, eight, or nine plan, but it's like ah, I would just fit it in here so we can call it done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't exactly. want that because yep. I'm reading this. I'm going. They're going to need a whole book just to tie up everyone's ends. Just a whole book for the resolution. He said he's not going to tie everybody's ends up, but he said that you know, for the most part, there should be some contented size. Uh, yeah, good or bad. The um, show's already wrapped. I think it wrapped last week. Like it's in the can. Yeah, for I. I Oh, I didn't know about that. I, I know uh, it didn't do so well this last season. Really? The reviews are hot and cold, especially among Game of Thrones book fans. Yeah, there's. I know quite a few people that, well, some that I even don't read the books, but they were like, yeah, that season sucked. It was just... Some, I know, like, I know, like, some people go, I like this better because it's, it's a lot more blockbustery. Mm-hmm. It's a blockbuster season. It's more action. It's less, you know, three episodes on a boat. Uh, traveling to a place <laughs> it's very much ah, whatever cut out all that stuff let's get to this next battle and that's the vibe some people were like yes less boat time but other people are like no less character development no and so yeah it's been a it's been a mixed mixed bag yeah again I, i'm shocked that you love the book so much and you've never watched you've never watched a second of the show I have, obviously you've seen well, commercials I've watched the second of it yeah i've watched like the intro to the first episode and then i was like <laughs> I I really liked how it was going, and I've seen clips. Obviously, like uh, Jason Momoa, is that how you pronounce yep, his that's name? It. Yeah. I mean, I've seen clips of him being Cal Drogo, and obviously that sold me on. He's probably going to be the best Aquaman ever, um, <laughs> just because I don't know Cal Drogo is a badass, and he looks like a badass being Cal Drogo, so. Therefore, the everything right kind of he formula. does will win from now on. <laughs> he really, if you haven't seen Justice League. I have, yeah. Okay. He, I was about to say, he, he really was Wooderson's Aquaman. Wooderson from Dazed and Confused. Okay. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah, that's how enough. I view the character. <laughs> what do you think about Justice League? I didn't hate it. I liked Thor Ragnarok better. I'll say that. Oh, oh my God, our yeah. buddy Mark Young's trying to call me while I'm doing a podcast with you guys. He's probably jealous. That's what he is. He's definitely super jealous. jealous. Is that the Mark I know from Delver? Mm-hmm. Okay. Or from Hydrogen Skyline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I no, I know Hydrogen I'm Skyline. <laughs> Is that your band too? Yeah, that's yeah. Are you kidding me? I have some of your tracks downloaded on my phone. Really? Yes, and I love them. Because you're amazing. Yeah. 
They're... Do I get to complain about Justice League? Yeah, <laughs> let's do that real quick. Yeah, real quick. You, you, you can complain as long as I get to do some hydrogen sky. I I would have done this episode completely differently, <laughs> but I but, really dig your. Uh, that's kind of my. Uh, that's kind of right in my wheelhouse. Nice. Not that Delver is not. I love Delver to death. In fact, there's yeah. a reason they're the first band that was ever on here. Nice. <laughs> but when I heard the hydrogen skyline stuff, I was like, okay, that is way. That's way more in in my wheelhouse of music. So nice. Shit, you might have to come back, man. Oh, that's all right. This this has been all but fun so far. Absolutely, so. but no, Carl, I'm not going to take you listen. away from your your. No, no, I'm Justice just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. This is important, <laughs> but I haven't listened to enough Hydrogen Skyline because now I want to do that. And do a whole episode. Well, talk the hey, talk the creativity you guys, of it. You guys do what you got to do. I mean, I have mixed feelings about it. <laughs> great. Um, See, this would make a great episode. Yeah. So mixed feelings about i don't know i i can't name a track, but like there's got I've got three of them mm-hmm. that cycle through my okay. favorites. I like them all. What's what's your mixed feelings about it? Just not the style you want to do because uh, the cybercracking stuff is definitely different. Yeah, and I have another project, Angles, that's like electro pop duo that actually makes me the most money out of all the music I do. Mm. Um, totally just sell out, chain smokers kind of electro pop <laughs> stuff, um, and I'm okay with that because that's a part of me is a sellout, and I'll I'll be on the record with that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Cyber Kraken's more like true to my heart, just kind of gets more off my chest. Hydrogen Skyline, I think I, why I have mixed feelings is because it, it's it been like my main, main, main project since 2010. And it has depleted my soul mm. in so many ways, mm. but it's also rejuvenated in other ways. Um Right now, it's just me, my wife, Asher, and Mark, and we're kind of on a, eh, I guess it's like a hiatus, but we haven't played, we used, we used to play live shows a lot, uh, we haven't done that in a year, and, you know, every time we start talking about it, it's not, it's not everybody on the same page right now, and it's kind of, it's like one of those things where it's been so much time that I've gotten to put into other projects that now I'm like, is this worth going back to because maybe we ended on a good note because our last Mm. album was my favorite and maybe if we go back to it it'll crash and burn and suck and we'll leave with a bad taste in our mouth um but then i my other feeling is well i mean it's us so what if it gets better on the next one however we decide to do it it's just gonna be us and we can't judge you know where we're at at that point from where we were you know, in 2016 when we finished the last album. So I can tell within about 10 minutes, whether I like a female vocalist, nice Asher top of the charts. As soon as I heard her start singing, I was like, okay, I'm in. (laughs) because if not, I would, I would have turned it off. I I just, uh, yeah, it's great. Good. Well, yeah, let's do, uh, let's do a hydrogen. Yeah, no, so I can come prepared with like, Hey man, I'd love your shit, but I can't name one of the song titles. Hey, that's okay. That's all right. Uh, I can't even tell you how many songs I love that I have no idea what the what the hell they're called or what they're even talking about. I'm just like, no, it's it's one of my favorites. I don't know why. Because <laughs> you feel it. it uh, yeah, feel. it's the vibe. It's yeah, the vibe. but yeah, hydrogen sky episode would be fun. Call up Mark. Uh, I don't know if Asher would show up, but be worth asking <laughs> yeah you know uh mark's been over here uh before obviously yep. when delver was yep. uh on and mark's a, a lot of fun to hang out with yeah he is he's he's a special guy <laughs>
You know, Mark and I are exactly the same age, right? Uh, we are literally two hours age difference. Wow. And so, that, that was really interesting to find out in the middle of uh, one of our band practices. Like, I don't know how it came up, but uh, yeah. I was born this day. I was too. Same year? Yeah. 1980. Same. 1984? When? What? <laughs> you kidding? Where were you born? Oh, California. Ouch. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. I was born right here. That's why I have the native bumper sticker. <laughs> so I can judge you Californian. Just kidding. <laughs> Tell me about running people off the road and native bumper stickers. Uh, Hate them. <laughs> Do you want a Justice League rant before we? No, I, I feel okay. comfortable. I feel comfortable. I should. I should. I, I guess I would say my short you. end. Yeah, my short. My short version is: it was weird to watch a movie again that still can't figure out characters that have been popular for a hundred years. Yeah, no, Superman fair. was great. Didn't have enough time with the finally well done Superman, and then Batman. Like I said, I can't stand movies that don't know how to do Batman. Mm. When he grabs an alien's gun and starts shooting it because he can't figure out anything else to do to be helpful or relevant, that's when I fully checked out of that movie. Hmm. I remember that part too. Yeah, I remember just sitting there going, not even like a flashbang, just to just to fanboy please me. Because like I'm used to watching the animated series where sure there's a god destroyer, but he does throwing tools all day long they may or may not be working but he's got ideas he's trying instead of like uh, he looks like the third grader trying to play football with sixth graders the whole movie and and then channel that into grumping at all of the other people trying to make them feel bad damn kids superhero powers (laughs) exactly that was the batman i came to to, to hate oh man i don't blame you well norman thank you so much for coming by to join us this evening Shit, I loved one of your projects when you walked in here before <laughs> meeting you. I've loved one of them for a long time, nice, uh, and didn't even know it. So That's okay. I'm very, uh, I'm very glad you came to join us in the uh, in the Bit Cave tonight. Everyone can go on YouTube to find Cyber Kraken. Yep, that's how I found it today, very easily. The title of the track is Forest Planet Prime eighty eight. Yep. Anything else before we wrap that you want to plug, put out there? I'm sure you're on Facebook. Oh yeah, yeah, a little too much actually. Uh, <laughs> I've got too many projects on there. Uh, no, just um, you know, realize that it's going to be the best song you've ever listened to, the best video you've ever watched, and if it doesn't change your life, like Final Fantasy VII changed my life, then I'm doing something wrong, and I need to know. So just go ahead and throw some hate comments out there on the video. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> Norman Heddle, Cyber Kraken on YouTube. Thank you so much for joining me. To my left tonight. Never been my co-host before. He's only ever been my guest. My favorite actor in the entire world. And Carl, Ugh. do you want to plug anything before I close tonight? Since you took all the time to come over here. No you worries. always have I'll, shit going on. Yeah, Captain K, uh, my cosplay page. I'm releasing my schedule for the summer of convention appearances. We're in the semifinals of the cosplayoffs, mm. where you get to vote and choose your favorite cosplay of the last year. It's going to be Weird Al. Just trust me. That's, that he's, he's weird weird that Al is going to win. It's Weird Al, Flynn Rider, Bert the Chimney Sweep, and J. Jonah Jameson in the final four. So, yeah, we're going to see. We're going to see. Vote for Al, Bitfacers. That's it. Yes, vote That's for it. Al. And then, and then I'll bring him live. We're going to start a hashtag. Oh. It should be That's like, it. Uh, <laughs> That's my Al or something like that. <laughs> I love this plan. <laughs> I love this plan. And then that, and then uh, Ghostbusters, open for business, fan film I'm working on. Uh, trailers out and on the bitface page on the bitface page good stuff and that's coming out this fall and that should be a good time of wrapping that shooting here in the next couple of days nice i can't wait to uh i can't wait to see it thank you both so much for joining me in the bit cave tonight 
I'm Eric G. Hollis, and I'm lame and don't have anything to plug. So, <laughs> hey, out. there's a great podcast that you host. Just tune in. Oh yeah, face. yeah. You tune into this, but you should also tune into my other podcast that comes out once every four months. Tap in, geek out. It's it's really good when we get it going. So yeah, you can check that out. But thank you guys so much for listening to Bitfaced. Uh, again, I forgot my fan in Great Britain that sent me a message, and I cannot believe I cannot remember your name. But hey, you're getting a great shout out on the show, so you know I love you. We're out.